This episode look at me. Of, look at me. Of says who is brought to you. We haven't been here for two weeks. Look at my. They desk. can't even see you. Look at me. It's brought to you by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who our Patreon where pretty much every Sunday, including these last couple Sundays where we have not been on the main feed, we have been over at patreon.com slash says who giving you the town watch, the bonus episode that goes out to five and ten dollar a month supporters. You can become one of those by moseying on over to patreon.com slash says who. Thank you. I clo- covered your little square. You tried. Couldn't see a thing the Can't whole time. Me. Look, I'm going to show you something. Look at this. Maureen's taking her headphones off. Got my hair off. cut yesterday. Oh, it looks nice. Shorter. Yeah. It's like a little summer cut. What's that? It's like Can a summer hear? cut. Yeah, I got I got three inches taken off. And you're wearing a tank top? I know. Three inches down. I had so much hair. That's awesome. And I just said to my hairdresser, chop, 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 chop. Chip, chop. Let's get, it's all dead down there. Let's, 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 let's see what happened if we get loose. There you go. It looks nice. I still have a lot of hair. I just had a lot of hair. It was like down to here. We went from 40 degrees and rainy to 80 degrees and sunny in one day here. Yeah. Yes. We went from a shitty never ending winter to suddenly summer. I like it. The color is really nice. The color is back. Yeah. I'm just I'm just wanting to show you my new hairdo. Well, people will love hearing that. The house is clean, Dan. Nice. I got my hair cut. Boom, everything's like coming a, up Johnson. I feel like a newly shorn sheep. That's great. Ba, I'm, like, ba. I'm just leaping through the fields, but uh, books, you guys. Books. Every time of year is a great time of year to read books, but holy, holy shit. Taking a book outside on a nice spring summer day. It's true. Hot diggity damn, especially, you know what I love? Long summer afternoons and evenings. Evenings. I love like retiring and relaxing when like the night sky is still kind of purple and light and you're chilled Mm. out and you're stretched out and you're reading and it's still kind of light out. Oh, it's so good. Um, I have a new book that's coming out on December 27th. Please. What's called there, Maureen? It's called Nine Liars. Nine Liars. And I'm going to. What's that? No, it's not eight. It's not eight. It's nine. But uh, uh, clues in the title. But um, this one is, uh, I think you're going to, I'm pretty happy. Well, and that's we'll get great. To it. So um, I will have information because, you know, that's a weird day for a book to come out. Although the 27th of December? Apparently people love that as a date. Okay. Because, yeah. Like, you're it, past the couple of, you know, Christmas and the next day and you're ready for more. Or it's like gift cards and stuff. You know, yeah. they're like, oh, I got a gift card in my stocking. I'm going to go get something to read. But I'm going to I'll obviously make something. And nobody asked me this, but like a, a thing that if you want to give it as a gift, Ooh. I will design a th- like there'll be a thing that we you can talk. get. And then you'll be able to give that as the gift. Oh, I like, like that. Put that in the stocking or in a box and say, like, guess what? Magically in two days, you're going to guess get what, this. motherfucker? You're getting a book. Yeah. Hell Yeah. Anyway, well, you can pre-order. Uh, I wasn't done. Oh, I, I didn't know you were suddenly books. I was making a song. <laughs> okay. You can pre-order Nine Liars 
over at kickbezosintheballs.org. It's there. It I is put there. it in. There's a little listing of Maureen's books, and I added it in. You can jump on that pre-order right now or get other books all over there, and you are not sending money to the Amazon.com to go to space. Kickbezosintheballs.org. While you're buying things on the internet, why not go on over to merch.sayswhopodcast.com where you can get Says Who merchandise sent to you. And there's all kinds of good summer clothing, T-shirts, some shorts, very tasteful, nice shorts, and all sorts of other things at merch.sayswhopodcast.com. Biggity bong. Tick, 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 tick. Hey, Dan. Hey, Dan. Hey, Dan. Hey, Dan. Hey, Dan. Yes, Maureen. We've been gone for two weeks. We've been gone for two weeks, Dan. And guess what? Guess what? Guess what? What? I finished my book. Oh, you guys, he just looks so disappointed. Oh, it's so sad. It beats my it's been that was two a, weeks. Two weeks, maybe oh, you were like, that joke's old to me now. No. I'll do, just be nice and start the show normal style. It's funnier with time. Welcome to Says Who, the podcast that isn't Dan Sinker. I'm Maureen Johnson. And I am Dan Sinker. Welcome back. Yeah, we're really it's been two sorry. Weeks. We're really, really sorry. Everything happened. I uh, I sat down to make notes today, and I was like, I don't even remember how to do this. I can't remember the last time we took two episodes in a row off. Yeah, everything. Dan, Dan had Dan had a time. Well, I mean, it. it so the first. The first time we took it off, you were still like a week and a bit away on your book, but things mm-hmm. were getting real. And then I had a uh, piece about Jeff Tweedy and Wilco sort of drop into my lap at the last second. And it was all of the writing had to happen on that Tuesday. So this was actually two different pieces. There's a print piece and then an online Q&A. The Q&A online is out. Print pieces in production, but they basically needed an almost instant turnaround on it. So... I had to pull out of this first week and then your book was due the day after the second week. So we both had writing deadlines and then my house went fucking apeshit with illness. (laughs) Just the on the Sunday. So I had to interview Jeff Tweedy on Sunday. The piece was due on Wednesday. Uh, That Sunday the little one woke up with a 105 fever, which is the temperature that when you take it, the thermometer just says, get fucking out of your house right now and go deal with this. So we spent the whole morning that I was doing this big interview at urgent care and that kid was fucking laid out. So at our urgent care, like our health system, they run a COVID test. You know, if you walk in with a fever or whatever, they're shoving shit up your nose right uh but it is a co it is a joint covid and two types of influenza test and so he tested covid negative but influenza a positive and i will tell you that shit 
laid him out for days. He was a sick little boy. He was so sick. He was so sick. You sent me a picture of him that was the saddest picture I've ever seen of him. Oh, it was (laughs) saddest picture I've ever seen of him. Yeah. He was just laying on the couch with like his head resting on my leg, like wrapped around a box of tissues. He was miserable. And then the teen got it and it uh, kicked up the teen's asthma. And so then even as the teen got over the flu, the the coughing just did not stop. Like just that kid got put on so many different drugs. It was wild. And it still took forever. I would say yesterday was the first day that it was like, I think you're finally over this. It was like two weeks straight. The kind of coughing that it's just like your body aches. So, um, so yeah, it was not... Like, had had I not been on a wild deadline, I'm not even sure I would have been able to have recorded that Tuesday because everything had gone to complete shit at that point. So, the, and then the second week, we, um, I was turning in the book on Thursday. Yeah. Something was still, I don't know, Dan. You were just a blur of writing. I did it and it was one of those things that for those last two to three weeks it's like i'm on speed or something my brain just goes click 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 uh when i'm done the house looks like you know carnage i mean cheer like like a tornado like a tiny tornado has just blown through a house what else i realize is i'm like i am the connective tissue of this house clearly because without me there's just sheer wreckage everywhere. Um, but yeah, uh, it it got done, and it got turned in, boom, and uh, successfully. I have a happy editor. Did she send you one of those scratch and sniff stickers that says "Grape Job"? Yeah, yeah, she did. That's officially that's what Harper Collins does. They send and you scratch it, and if you smell it, and it's like you know that you've done badly. But if it's mm. grape, then you know you're good. Nice. Man, I loved those stickers when I was a kid. Scratch and sniff stickers. Those were incredible. Grape job is the only one I remember, though. There must have been others. If you don't know what we're talking about, there was a phase in past childhoods where sticker collecting was a huge fucking deal. Oh, yeah. And I had two books full of them, and you would trade them at lunch. It's true. And some of the most valuable stickers you could have, there were... Three categories of very valuable sticker. Yeah. Puffy. Oh, yeah. Satin and smelly. Satins were kind, like the satins were fairly heavy hitters. Man, I don't know that, I don't know that satin was currency in my childhood. Yeah, satins, like they were hot, they were hot shit, but you would, um, you could get uh, smelly stickers. Pizza was a big one. Yep. Um... I don't remember, but they were, I would, we would go to this place near us called I-95 Marketplace. (laughs) It sounds classy. It was classy. It was like a big industrial, (laughs) huge, it was was like a, just a giant, I don't know what it it was. Maybe it was originally a factory or something. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, 
I think it's a distribution center now. It's probably a fucking Amazon distribution center or something. Yeah. It's just a big fucking place. And it was sort of a, a constant indoor um, market where you people could buy a stall. Okay. And set up a little shop inside. Oh, like a little flea market kind of thing. Yeah, except it was all new goods. So right. um, like, a, like a craft market. Yeah. But all the time. Okay. And there were places that just sold stickers on rolls that you could buy individually. Yeah. So the most fucking exciting thing was when we were going to I-95 Marketplace, which my mom did not love. She was like, oh, God. But I was like, I have $1.10 ready to burn. Oh, yeah. And I have some strategic investments to make on my stickers. Got to. I remember there being sort of a, a sticker that was like a teddy bear. Mm -hmm. And then you could also buy auxiliary stickers that were clothing that you could then stick on the teddy bear. Sweet. Yeah. It was like a fucking big deal. Oh, it was I a thought, real big deal. I thought my sticker books were an investment. <laughs> At one time, I thought we needed money in our house. I don't know why. I was just really worried. And then I said, I could sell these. I could get $20 for them. Boom. And my parents are like, what's happening? Boom. I'm like, I need to pay my weight in this household. I will sell my sticker collection. They're like, Maureen, just thank you. You're very cute. Just go. Yes. Thank you, honey. Go upstairs. So you turned in your book last Thursday. Um, did I? Yes. What is, what is, Dan? What is? Is. Um... Today is Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me That's how it works. It was the fifth. Yeah. Yeah, it was Tuesday. Thursday. Thursday. <laughs> I don't yeah, know what I've been doing. Like I I then started running around the house doing everything at a really high rate of speed. One day I did eight loads of laundry. Wow. One day I did I we recorded, then I did an online event, then we took the dog for a long walk and then I decided I would do all of our travel planning and everything for the next, for the rest of the year. Like wow. All of the complicated stuff. And then I was like, and now I will make a curry from scratch. <laughs> it was just like one of those days where you can't slow down. You're like, well, it's 730. I'm going to make a curry from scratch. I've got all of this stuff. <laughs> you just don't know how, you just don't know how to pump the brakes. Yeah. You got to go right to the wall. Well, that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> and then you crashed, I would assume? No, you just kind of run out of gas as you go up a hill, and then you yeah. slowly roll backwards. Yeah. Well, Thursday was when uh, our house got turned upside down yet again, because I did an event, Maureen Johnson. I left the house. I went. First rookie mistake. Yeah, definitely rookie mistake. Uh, I did a panel discussion at the University of Chicago about Twitter and Elon Musk. And uh, I talked a little bit about this on on the bonus episode, but I got the invite and I was like, uh, I, I should do this. Like I used to do talks like this kind of thing all the time, you know, used to bring in money and then the pandemic hit and uh, those sorts of offers dried up and I should probably do this. And so uh, I wrote them and I said, well, this is cool. Can you tell me a little about the event and your 
COVID protocols. And they included a link to the university's COVID protocol, which any major university's COVID protocol in uh, May of 2022 is essentially the shruggy emoji when you pull it up. But um, but they did, you know, have a dashboard and it looked like, uh, you know, things were relatively OK there compared to, you know, I don't know what, but something. And I finally was like, and then they also were like, and you know what our events, it's usually a mixed bag. It's about half and half masking or whatever. And I was like, well, you know, I'm going to be on a stage. It's going to be, you know, half masked. Like I send my kids to school and it's certainly not all masked there now. So, all right, I should probably do it. And uh, I went and it was not on a stage. It was Mm. in an extraordinarily crowded room, about Mm. 40 or 50 people in the room. Uh, sitting, you know, an arm's length away on three sides of me. Uh, Nobody, Maureen, was wearing a mask Mm. because they were handing out box lunches Mm. as you walked in the door. Tasty. Something they might have wanted to have told me, but they did not. No, it's Um, it's fine. You didn't need to know. Yeah. So I came back from that event rather stressed, but decided ultimately... I need to, you know, I'll test myself, see what's happening. Um, the next day I get an email from the event organizer saying, with a contact trace, because there had been COVID in the room. So that Was it then, at least a nice card, like, open for a surprise? Yeah, wee! Um, so that was a whole different situation then. And it was like, well, fuck. So we have been... Uh, following strict exposure guidelines, which is everyone's been masked in the house. I've been sleeping downstairs. We're eating in fucking shifts. We're on day five of this now. That's fun. It's not fun, especially because, hold on, I'm wearing wearing a very hardcore N95. Everyone else is wearing nice, comfortable... KN95s, but I'm wearing a full strap it on your head, like, you know, not fun mask. I have tested negative. I've tested every day doing both a throat and nasal swab. Tested negative every day. I test around noon each day so that it's exactly 24 hours from the fucking event. And had been planning on going to get a PCR today because the CDC guidelines say... If you've been exposed and you're not showing symptoms, hold off on a PCR until five days, right? Which seems totally like, okay, that's very clear. Five or more days is actually what it says. Um, so I made a tactical error of asking a list of very involved COVID people that I'm on. Hey, here's the deal. Today's day five. Like the question I was asking was like, if I come in negative on a PCR, can we kind of stand down at this point? Um, and you know, at least reduce some of the level of precaution that we're taking. And uh, they wrote back and they linked to a CDC quarantine calculator, which is a very helpful thing, actually. It asks you a series of questions about like your vaccination status, you know, all of this kind of thing. And it gives you advice. And the CDC, I will again, I'm going to pull this up. This is actual CDC guidelines. 
even if you don't develop system symptoms, get tested at least five days after you had you last had close contact with someone with COVID-19, right? That would be today mm-hmm. because Thursday when it happened is day zero. Then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday is day four. Tuesday is day five. And uh, the calculator that you enter in with the CDC tells me that uh, I should get tested on or after the 11th. That would be day six tomorrow. Mm. And so I then asked the question of like, why? (laughs) What is this about? Right. And the best anyone could say was like, they mean full days, not hours, like midnight to midnight. Because apparently we're living in biblical times. Right. But uh, yeah, so now I think I'm doing the fucking PCR tomorrow. That's a fun story, Dan. It's not a fun story. And I understand completely that there are some people that are listening to this that are school teachers or in school or that sort of thing where they get fucking... Uh, these types of notifications constantly and are like, really? I just live my fucking life and uh, I get it. Um, But especially having come off of a very heinous flu around this house that kicked off our kids' asthma, we were like, we should not fuck around with this. So, yeah, but it is this sort of fucking limbo state that is killing me at this point. Well, I'm about to go into a little bit of a pool of COVID, Dan. What do you mean? Well, there's one thing that New York City loves to do more than more than elect clowns as mayors, even. Ooh. Which, you, which you thought was its favorite thing. And it is it is a yeah, favorite. It's, it's a favorite. Definitely. It's up there. Yeah. But the thing actually that New York loves the most is calling yours truly up for jury duty. Yeah. Now I thought I was punted in January. Because mm-hmm. I got a summons. I thought it was punted. Yeah. No. Motherfuckers called me back. Well, it was punted till right now. So I have this summons in front of me now for the 18th of May. And it's oh. one of those call the night before and see if we need you. Yeah. Now, here's the thing, Dan. And I don't talk about this much here, but my father has a lot of health problems. Yeah. Like he has... What the technical term is everything. He's got everything. And then he also had COVID. He had Delta. And he was in the ICU for a week. And he has not recovered fully from COVID. Okay. It is not. He has, I guess, long COVID. He has not really been the same since. Yeah. So he was already medically vulnerable. And now he's he's truly having trouble standing, walking. uh, And he's been falling a lot. Yeah. Um, so he fell like sometimes it's like three times a week. Jesus. My mother is a nurse and she's taking care of it, but it's a lot. He's, it, it's a too complicated to explain all the things that could be done. We, we discuss this every day. Yeah. We've got the situation as good as it's going to get. My mother is the best nurse manager in the world. Okay. But he hurt his hip when he fell the other day. Mm. We, they don't think it's broken, but he hurt it. So I have, I'm trying to get down there to to try to do some of this stuff. Right. So what I did was I wrote to the court and I said, look, I know you're not going to let me out, but can I come early? And they said, sure, you can come early. Just come in. 
Just so whenever. I, well, they're going to send me in tomorrow. Oh. So tomorrow I'm going in. All right. Now, I may have shot myself in the foot with this. Yeah, I would say so. Because before I could call. Right. And you went they, from the call and they'll probably say we don't need you to come on in. Well, here's the thing. I could still honor the summons. Right. I could still just call and do this. Right. But if I really actually want to go in tomorrow and tell the judge what's what. <laughs> Good. Be like, listen, all of these things are happening. I came in early because I am asking. I, I showed up. You love me. You write <laughs> to me all the time. And only me. You sign yeah. this. Do you sign them all with hearts and kisses? I smell perfume. Yeah, you've but got one of those grape job stickers right exactly. on it. Exactly. They are like, miss you, want to kiss you. That's what it says on my jury summons. But uh, I'm going to ask them if I can, uh, you know, not be a juror. But I would like to not be a juror. I have served before. Yeah. I don't want to serve again. Yeah. I don't want some concrete case that is all mobsters. I don't want that. You know, I know that things are random, but I have also gotten a jury summons, Maureen. We are a hundred percent summoned here on Says Who Podcast for the following week after you. It's like moon cycles, Dan. The weirdest thing ever was, uh, this was like probably a decade ago now, but Janice and I got jury summons on the same day. I was like, how is that even possible? That is a hell of a random coincidence. Oscar's never been summoned to a jury in his life. I don't know if he's a Brit, right? Yeah, but they have them. Yeah, but they they got to wear the, the little wigs and the uh, whole thing. Wear wigs. Maybe that's what get, the New York used, courts think. But yeah, well, he can't. He can't get summoned here. Right. But he's I'm never been summoned in the UK. Send an email and be like, fly to the UK to be on a summon. He was, on a but jury. even when he lived there, he was never summoned. Oh. Meanwhile, yeah. every ding dong, so, singing telegrams, <laughs> dressed like a gorilla, carrying flowers. You've been summoned again. We summon you every six months. <laughs> they really want you. They love me. We need an analytical, analytical mind like Maureen Johnson. So I'm going to do my civic duty by showing up in a COVID-filled room. Fun. I'm going to take all my, I got bringing all my notebooks, Dan. I'm going to bring my, my planner. I'm going to do my three months of planning. I already got some you know, post-its in there. This is what I'm bringing. You're ready. Not ready. I just don't want to go. Yeah, that's understandable. Although it is near Chinatown, so you can get some delicious lunch at least. Oh, there you go. Hand-pulled noodles is right near there. Well, there you go. A really good one. There you go. Sounds great. (laughs) My jury duty is very far away. But it is a call ahead. And I am real hopeful that... (laughs) Should I should I just do the call? That's the thing is if I wait until next week for the call ahead, they could still call me in. And that's too close to when I'm supposed to go down and help. Right. I'm trying to go in and get it done so I can get down there and help these crazy people. I mean, that's the thing, though. You you just have a real sense of civic duty going in early. 
What if you go in early and then they mark it on your file like Maureen Johnson, A plus juror, and then you get summoned like every couple of weeks? That's basically we want what's that already happened. that comes in early now. Dan, the last time when I got picked for a jury, I was so stupid. I showed up in a blouse, yeah, like a white blouse and a fitted white skirt. Yeah, good job. Like I was going Smart. in for like a temp job or something. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. You dressed to impress. Not this time, motherfuckers. Yeah, definitely not. I was going to wear my read books, punch Nazi shirt, but I am going to try to talk to the judge and I don't want to seem come off like a dick. Right. Even though the judge may be totally down with that. Yeah. I just want to, I want to be like, look, I'm being respectful. You asked me to come. You constantly call me. I can't be here right now. <laughs> then they're going to be like, all right, we'll call you again in four months. I uh, I was thinking the other day as I was looking at my shirts, what I would wear. What? And I decided that I was going to wear my sometimes antisocial, always anti-fascist t-shirt. That's a good one. Yeah. I was thinking about maybe just wearing the gritty Four Seasons Total Landscaping <laughs> shirt. There you go. It's just an overall crowd pleaser. It is. It is a crowd pleaser. Or I can just show up like I normally am, a dirty ass hippie. <laughs> In my Uber swank. I wish I had those. I got rid of all my Uber swanks. Yeah, you should have worn the extra bleachy ones. Oh, the extra bleachy, voluminous Uber swank garbage outfits. <laughs> they would have been like, okay. I like that you had an Uber swank time in your life. And then when that time was over, it was just, it was truly over. Oh, they were God. gone. They're you gone. speak of them exclusively in the past tense. Oh, yeah. Your crotch no longer dropped. Well, I have still some drop crotch ones, but they're much fancier yoga hippie ones of, okay. of, of a more beautiful fabric and design. Well, there you go. They're more Instagrammable, the ones I have. Oh, few. Important. They look like you're like I'm just on my way to something adorable that involves CBD and the sunset. <laughs> That does sound adorable. You know what I mean. I do. It's got a floral pattern on it. Okay. Yeah. I was I was seeing batik in my head as you mm, were talking sure. about it. Sure. You but... know what? Like there's a crystal nearby. Yeah. It's just out of frame, but it's there. I believe it. It's nice. We're avoiding something, aren't we, Dan? Yeah. We are. We are, Maureen. I'm sad. I'm yeah. laughing because I'm sad. Yeah. So we are talking, of course. I'm saffing. <laughs> that sounds weird. Saffing. Well, it's a weird time, so I'm saffing. My throat just got very itchy. Well. Ah, I'm allergic to the news. Um, We are talking, of course, about the fact that last week. No, thank you. Okay, bye. This has been Says Who. <laughs> This happened, it was like on the eve of the deadline. What day was it that it happened? The third, fourth? I think it happened on, yeah, on, on the Tuesday night. Okay, it was the third. Yeah. But and I looked uh, at it and went, because it was late when this news came through. Yeah, it was nighttime for sure. Go ahead. I'm not going to interrupt you again. All right. Uh, Politico was leaked a draft decision that if... It is the final decision. 
from the Supreme Court that would end Roe versus Wade, the 50-year-old court case that legalized abortion in this country. The draft, which was written by Samuel Alito, struck down not only Roe, but also Planned Parenthood versus Casey, a 1992 decision that affirmed the right to abortion in this country. It's only a draft. Today, abortion is still legal in the United States. Uh, But the final decision is expected in the next coming weeks. Everyone was thinking this was going to drop in June. And, uh, you know, this is a this is a draft. It was dated February 10th. So we don't know where the current state of play is, though. Additional reporting uh, has it that Chief Justice Roberts had penned a decision that didn't strike down Roe, uh, but still did allow for the extreme anti-choice framing of the original case that had been brought. Um, but it seems that Roberts lost to Alito, who was able to run the table with the shitbag justices appointed by Trump and also joined by Clarence Thomas. <sighs> now... All right. Dan, I went I went to Catholic school. Yeah. And um we were forced uh as teenagers to watch the anti-abortion propaganda movies. Fun. The ones that everybody claimed that they had nightmares and so cuz they're they're desi- they're I mean they're anti-abortion propaganda movies. Right. And I remember getting in the car with my mother, who's a nurse, and explaining what I'd seen. And I was like, I saw buckets of horrible things. And she was like, no, that's not, it's not, no, that's not, that's not true. Yeah. And she explained to me what abortion really is. Yeah. And because abortion isn't about any attempt to attack abortion is not about abortion. It never has been about abortion. Right. And I feel like just that mental leap, while common sense to a lot of people, is often a big, because it's a sensitive subject. People hear about it and they're like, ooh, ooh, you know, it's, it's, and that's not to meant to make fun. It's like, it's hard. Yeah. To talk about for some people. And for some people, they're like, no, we need, you know, it's a, it's a medical procedure. It's a medical necessity. Yeah. It's always, always, always been about regulating women's bodies. Of course. I know it's obvious. Yeah. I, you know, having come from a place where I possess the, the, the set of anatomy involved. Yep. Um, it, it's so hard. It's so hard to explain what it feels like. Yeah. To feel like it, you know, like, oh, they're just going to decide, oh, if I got, if I had an ectopic pregnancy, well, I guess I'm fucked then because that would kill me. Right. Yeah. I yeah. guess that I, I'm that worthless. It is truly fucked. 
Yeah. Re- full and truly fucked. So you went to Catholic school in high school. Mm. When I was in high school, I was actively doing clinic defense. We were driving up For sure. to good guy. Um, we were driving up very early in the morning uh, up to Milwaukee, Wisconsin from the Chicago area because um, there were a lot of anti-choice groups that had descended on Wisconsin. They saw it as a good battleground. I believe the missionaries to the preborn was one and another one that called themselves the Lambs of Christ uh, had decided to sort of start massively harassing, attempting to shut down abortion clinics in the Milwaukee area. So we would go. uh, Sometimes we would get up very, very early and drive up so that you were there before them, you know, so you would set up at four or five in the morning. So you've always been doing good works. And uh, and sometimes, Maureen, early on, we would go and we would go the night before and we would attempt to attend their meetings, which now I think about and I'm like, that was fucking crazy because we did not look like Christian youth. Mm. Right? Like we looked like fucking freaks. Uh, a friend of ours, mom worked at a christian television station here and so he got us all like uh t-shirts that we would just basically wear and we'd sit there and you'd just stay in the meeting for as long as you could till somebody was like you need to leave like okay then you'd go back and kind of tell the group that we were working with like well this is what they're saying this is the plan blah 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 but um but that was a long time ago now you know and i and i do remember i think none of the clinics that we went to are still there They've all they were. It was a very successful campaign, despite the fact that there was a lot of, uh, you know, pro-choice people defending it. But, yeah, it's fucked up. It's seriously fucked up. And Democrats immediately sprung into action just last night, all coming together quickly to pass a bill protecting the family of Supreme Court justices. I'm going to and I got to go. I'll see you later. (laughs) Bye. I had a nice time. Yeah. I'm done. Goodbye. See you yeah. later. Dan, you know what? You know what got me? I was just thinking about this when we were talking. Because I was in this weird atmosphere when I was in Catholic school and I wasn't Catholic. Yeah. And I was very against a lot of the stuff they were trying to tell me. But they, for a while, they got me with the abortion stuff. Not because I believed what they were saying. Yeah. But because I just had this attitude of like, my attitude was always like side with the underdog. Mm -hmm. And I was like, maybe the baby's the, maybe that fetus is an underdog. So Mm. I guess I'll side with an underdog. Yeah. And I remember saying that to the most evil nun I had, they had one genuinely evil nun. She was a bad person. She liked to make people cry. It was her number one favorite thing to do. Oh, that's nice. Oh, she was genuinely a bad person. She was the one that worked in a uh, soup kitchen and then a man, she fed a man and he was so happy to be fed that he hugged her. And then she quit because quote, you don't want them touching you. So nice. She was a genuinely bad person. And when I put on the little, little feet pin on my uniform that we were allowed to wear. Wait, what is a little feet pin? It represents the feet of the fetus. Oh no. Oh yeah. They let us wear those. We weren't only, we were only allowed to wear certain things on our uniform, but we were allowed to wear the little feet pin. Holy cow. And they were passed out. Like you could put them on. You didn't have to, but you could. 
And I put it on and she raised her eyebrows and I was like, I just side with an underdog. And then because you're, I was 16, I didn't know any fucking yeah. better. And then I talked to my mom and she was like, listen, here's the deal. Yeah. And I was like, ah, shit, they almost got me for a minute. And then I, <laughs> then I took it off. Like I, I just, because I didn't know what it was. Yeah. It was that simple. Like I didn't have any outside information about right. clinic defense or anything. There, was, I just was like, well, maybe this is this. And that's the thing is it's easy to not realize how basic of an issue it is. Yeah. So I have sympathy for people who are like, oh, I don't know how to feel. You know, I, but I do have sympathy for the confusion. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, you gotta listen. When This um, is life or death. Yeah, when we would do- I hope you're not things. disappointed in me. No, not at all. That's just a story about being a teenager and being yeah. influenced. Definitely. When and 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 it also like the that world has a like a conveyor belt, you mm -hmm. know, to to see the world as it is. When we were doing clinic defense, so we would kind of line up on the side of the if we got there early enough, you would be on the side of the on of the clinic and then the anti-choice people would roll in on the other side. And then they would kind of make attempts to breach your line. And their main way of making attempts to breach your line was they would line up as many children as possible and have them run straight at you full speed. Because they just assumed like, well, obviously you aren't hitting kids. Right. Like all we could do was kind of like breaks your arms and it was like a Red Rover game, you know, essentially. And um, yeah, I remember the first time that happened, it was like, oh, this is how they think about kids, you know, and like this is just indoctrination for these kids. Mm -hmm. You know, they're seeing us and seeing us like yelling at them. One of my proudest moments was they were all moving up right up on us. And I started yelling for <laughs> started yelling so hard that the person right in front of me fell back. And somebody else came in and I just kept yelling and then they fell back. You're such, a, like, such yeah. a good kid. Well, I mean, I, I remember it was just a constant litany of profanity coming out of my mouth at them. And finally, like they gave up the corner that we were on and one guy came up and he said, I'm praying for you. It's just like, I fuck you, you mother. <laughs> just good Trust times. Me. But once you get out of that atmosphere, like once I was out then within three years, I was literally, I was literally fighting Klansmen in the streets. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you I mean, get out, you yeah. get out and you realize, uh, but the, it's a, it's a heavy duty echo chamber. They, but um, this will kill, this will kill a lot of people. Oh Yeah. This is going to kill it, a lot of people. It will not just kill people. It will destroy lives. It will destroy the lives of children. It will destroy the yeah. lives of entire families. Without it a will, doubt. It will criminalize women's bodies and the yeah. bodies of um, uh, trans men yep. who have, um, if they have, uh, if they've become pregnant, if they have a uterus, you know, yeah. and I'm sad about it. Yeah, it was I just mean, one the, of those things that just it didn't land with anger. It landed first with just weight. Sure. 
it felt like a bunch of bags of sand had been dropped on me. Like, oh, yeah. Well, that that weighs a lot. Yeah. I mean, the truly gotta get these sand off me. But then yeah. I started taking the sand off. I was like, I'll start moving these bags of sand. Um, the draft again. We don't know what the final decision will look like. It's not going to suddenly look good, right? Oh, they're very upset that this was leaked. Yeah. Although like, it also, some reporting points to the, that it was probably leaked by the conservative side. I've it, wondered about that. Yeah. Um, I've read a couple of different reports from, from Supreme Court reporters of reputable mm. sourcing uh, that make it sound like it could be that it was leaked to sort of test balloon of some kind keep people from wavering Mm. you know that there is apparently a roberts decision that doesn't outlaw roe or doesn't you know outlaw abortion doesn't doesn't throw out roe uh does allow for i believe that the mississippi law that this is all around is you can't you know it makes abortion illegal after 15 weeks which is no time right Mm -hmm. um it allows for that. So it's not a good decision. Um, but some of the reporting that I have read said it was leaked by a conservative clerk to sort of put pressure on potential wavering justices uh, from not backing it. So, you know, I mean, the other thought is oh, it was leaked by the by the left side of the court to, you know, kind of get people upset and ready to fight. But um, but all the reporting that I've seen makes it seem like it went out to from a conservative side. Also, I mean, it went to Politico like it doesn't I don't think that if you were a leftist law clerk, you would leak it to Politico. I think it would end up in the New York Times or the Washington Post or something like that. So who knows? But in this draft decision, not only does it eliminate abortion, but the way Alito wrote it. It could potentially reverse gay marriage. Yeah. Could reverse sodomy laws that, yeah. made it, you know, um, it potentially could reverse interracial marriage, public education. <laughs> yeah. That may, uh, um, that was a real hyperventilating moment of yeah. just feeling. Not you, to mention a imagine, lot of like. Can you imagine a fucking law that, that it, uh, interracial marriage? Yeah. I mean, yeah. what the fuck? Uh, it also, a lot of the decision of Roe is predicated around right to privacy. And so if you get rid of Roe, there are certainly privacy advocates that say, uh, we are going to lose a lot of privacy if Roe is suddenly, mm. you know, mm-hmm. eliminated. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Now, I've never, I've never had an abortion. Um, my body has never really tolerated pregnancy. Yeah. Um, cause I've been asked like some of my friends, like, have you had one? Cause a lot of people have, if you ask yeah, around, oh, yeah. a lot of people have had them. I've never, ha- I've never had one. I have had, uh, the procedures involved in abortion. So I've had DNCs. Yeah. Um, because I have had a lot of, um, gynecological surgery. Okay. Because I've had various growths and problems. So my, I, I, I got problems. You got problems. It's like Fraggle Rock in there, Dan. It's just like. <laughs> Not even sure I know what that means. It's like dozers are always building stuff. <laughs> okay. I have endometriosis like. It's like having weeds growing inside your body. It's okay. just like. Yeah. There's just stuff everywhere. Yeah. 
It's like, we'll build a wall, like we'll build a fence here and a, you know, the little dozers from Brazzle Rock are always just going to building stuff. That's, yeah. that's how I imagine the inside of my body. <laughs> <laughs> just fill a dozers. <laughs> so I've had all those kind. I've had all sorts of gynecological procedures. Yeah. So, you know, is it, is it criminal for me to get a DNC? Yeah. Because that's a procedure used to scrape the inside line, uh, the the lining out. Right. Did I commit a crime by getting rid of growth inside of my uterus? Yeah, I mean, there are all sorts of questions that there are not answers to right now. And yeah. sorry, you know. I over, I sh- I just shared a lot right now, but I feel like that that's what this decision does is yeah. that first of all, I don't care. Like I'm one of those people that's like, you want to know everything in real time. Here, let's do this. So I'm sorry, guys. I have no filter. I'll tell you anything you want to know. Um, but it forces us to talk about very intimate things about our bodies and sometimes just sort of anatomical stuff. Yeah. Like we always have to talk about and justify are we pregnant? Aren't we pregnant? Why aren't we pregnant? What happened to our pregnancy? Yeah. Do we want it? Did we want it? How did it come about? Yeah. So now I'm, you know, like, yeah, I'll tell you. You want to know what's going on? Hey, listen, Dan, when you get a lot of gynecological problems. <laughs> yes. You get a lot of attention. Yeah. A lot of doctors coming over and looking. At oh, fun. Dan, the way I describe it, at one point, a bunch of doctors came over and I said, is there a seven layer dip up there? Because you guys <laughs> keep coming over. <laughs> <laughs> How did that go over? <laughs> they they didn't deny it. Look, if they had shown up with a bag of Tostitos, then I would have known. <laughs> <laughs> I've had pelvic uh. exams in the ER. I've had, you know, you just get used to it. Yeah. And it's very intrusive. You know, I've had those transvaginal ultrasounds. I've had the, you know, that they force people to get now. Like it's yeah. it's intrusive and that's nothing compared to what's coming. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't necessarily feel like talking about it, but the trouble is this shit makes us and I'm like, fine, fuck it. You want to know? Let's go. Yeah. Let's yeah. stop. Let's stop treating women's parts like and the parts of uh, gender fluid and trans men's parts. As something mysterious and off limits and sacred. Yeah. That thing not it's not sacred. It's a dumb little fist. <laughs> it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> it does neat stuff sometimes, and the rest of the times it's all dozers and that's <laughs> big dummy. <laughs> sorry, you guys. No, I'm it's not right. sorry. No, no, wait. No. I'm not sorry, and that's the point. There you go. We if you want to if you want to get all up in our business, then you better be prepared for our business. There you go. Good point. Well, Maureen, even though it is a draft, even though again, nothing has been overturned at this point. I don't think there was a seven layer dip up there because I feel like I would have felt it. I mean, also you're correct. They would have brought chips. 
they would have knocked me out. That would be a weird thing to do to knock you out. Like, look, here's what happened. The last thing you see as you go under is them just like popping open a bag of tortilla chips. Is that Velveeta? What is happening? Sorry, guys. Gross. (laughs) Why are they opening a can of Rotel? Oh, no. Who turned on the Super Bowl? (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to find something in this terrible news, Dan. Well, here is one thing. Everything is absolutely terrible, but there are lots of people around this country working very, very hard. Not many of them currently in Washington, D.C., but elsewhere, especially at the local level. There are abortion providers and funds all over the country, most of them underfunded, most of them volunteer run or close to volunteer run. Uh, There is an overarching organization called the National Network of Abortion Funds. It's a very good place to start. Their website has direct links to hundreds of local funds, as well as, you know, the ability to kind of give money to them and it will get distributed as as you see fit. Um, Here in Chicago, the Chicago Abortion Fund, they're raising money to help bring people seeking health care to Illinois. Our governor was at the rally uh, this past weekend, uh, affirming the right to abortion in this state. Uh, Illinois, you think of as Chicago, but as you go down, it becomes a little triangle, and that triangle borders Missouri and Tennessee and Kentucky, and um, there is a very big clinic that has recently opened down at the very bottom so that it's sort of a safe haven uh, clinic for many places. There is a book written by the amazing Robin Marty called The New Handbook for a Post-Row America. I got to read that. I've heard of that. Buy that book. It's real good. I'm going to get that. Uh, Robin is a operations director at the West Alabama Women's Center. Uh, and this is, I think, the second edition. There's the, there's the new one. There was an original one. I'm not sure what the difference is. I also think there's a free PDF of it if you don't want to oh, buy a yeah, book or I think, can't afford a Yeah, book. I think they just made it available. Yeah. For anybody to read for free. Yeah. But which uh, is uh which is good stuff. I also think there's a new movie called The Janes, a documentary, yeah. which is about an organization of women um who Here in called, Chicago. Jane yeah, Collective. called themselves the Jane Collective, um that organized to provide safe abortions for women Back before in it was the legal. Pre row world. Yeah, and they were arrested. They were infiltrated. Yeah. Uh, but I want to watch that. So it's on my list. Indeed. Indeed. It's fucked up times. So show up, volunteer. I want to become one of, I want, if they're, look, we probably have a lot of clinic defenders here in New York City, but if I travel outside, when I was recently in Arizona, there were some protesters outside the clinic and I was crossing the street to get to the Drader Joe's to get some food and I crossed back this hot tempe six lane highway I turned back and I was like abortions have (laughs) (laughs) now I gotta go to Trader Joe's you gotta pick up some seven layer dip listen man we were we didn't have any food in that Airbnb we were hungry (laughs) we were food free (laughs) listen if you're going to go to a meeting show up with some food for all the people they're organizing and why not bring a seven layer dip yeah think of me Sorry, I've ruined seven layer dip for everybody. Oh, or you've enhanced it. You've definitely made it a more uh, vivid 
dip. Listen, than when before. you see a crowd of people around you like that, and everyone's like, hey, you know, you know something's <laughs> going on. <laughs> There's a dip somewhere. Hey, what's the what's going on? Hey, 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 what's that? Whoa, hey, because you can't see their little oh hey, whoa, whoa, hey. And it's just can't just be me under there. It's got to be something better. And apparently, for me, the best you can get, the most interesting thing is seven layer dip. There you go. Whoa. Well, says who? Beans. <laughs> it's made possible by you through your support. I thought I was Patreon. getting that. It's just so I was getting a procedure. What are you? What are you guys doing down there? Nothing. They just keep lifting their surgical mask real quick, slipping a chip in, and then lowering like, them back down. Like you're eating on an airplane now. <laughs> <laughs> it's made possible by you through your support of our Patreon at Patreon.com. I just want to apologize for everything, but yet no. <laughs> Fly your flag! Yeah, exactly. Tell your gynecological story. Yeah. Yeah. Eat that dip. I told you about the time, Dan, that I was in a car accident and the seatbelt you know, presses against your abdomen. And so I was having abdominal pain. So I ended up in the ER getting the pelvic. And then the insurance company called me up and said, we see you got a pelvic in the ER. And I said, yes, I was in a car accident. And he goes, I think you're just trying to get a free pelvic because you did something you're ashamed of. Wow. Uh Yep. Wow. That is a real thing that happened to me. Wow. Uh Uh-huh. I was so mad that I stopped being mad. <laughs> I think I blacked out. Oh I was like, what? Excuse me? God. I became that gif of like, what's that? <laughs> Excuse me? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I got to put the phone down so I can come to where you are and burn your building down. I'll be right back. You're going to hear a pause on the line. That's me <laughs> getting a lighter. See, I have a lighter here. I have, I have a new scented candle. It's very nice, Dan. Very Ooh. calming. I'm going to burn it. Smells like garden mint. It's very nice. Our theme music is performed by Ted Leo. Our logo was designed by Darth. You can contact us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter. You can email at hey, that is H-E-Y at Says Who Podcast.com. And the organ music was provided by Josh Cantor. Thank you so much for that gift that keeps on giving. Never stops giving. You can join the discussion on Facebook, it's slash group slash says Whovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. And if you want to join the fan run Discord server, you can visit tinyurl.com slash says who Discord. But whatever you do, spread the word, subscribe. Please leave stars and reviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And you can join us next Wednesday. We're back. We're back in the mix. I'm stalling time to look up when next Wednesday is the 18th of May. Hopefully I will not be on jury duty. Oh, right. For our next episode. I'll listen. I'll rec- your honor. I have to go over there and talk to my friend, Dan. <laughs> are you, you're not allowed to talk on a phone. Are you in the like jury room while you're waiting? I don't know. I've never been on a jury, but I've spent a lot of time in those waiting rooms. Oh, they, I mean, I think that we weren't allowed to, but I think we did. That's why I'm making sure to bring my planners and my. Yeah. I mean, you're certainly allowed to have distraction. I just don't know if you can be on a phone. Otherwise, because yeah, we'll just call you in. We'll just phone. Here's here's all the evidence. 
I think they're going to ask me, like, can you uh, not tell everybody? I'm like, I'm going to tweet this shit in real time, Your Honor, and you cannot stop me. (laughs) Exactly. Anyway, that's when the next episode is. And from my basement, where I have essentially been living for the last five days in Chicago, I am Dan Sinker. And I'm Maureen Johnson, someone you know a lot more about, but that's okay. Yeah. Because, um, Because it is. And yeah, being taught absolutely. that it's not is uh, part of the problem. And thou. And um, I love you. And <laughs> I love you all. I think you're great. I've missed you. Dan's missed you. It's true. And um, it's just really great talking to you again. And um, just wanted you to know how I felt about you. And oh. so. Um, <sighs> This has been... No, I'm still in a moment of uh, okay. just really appreciating All right. everybody. You want to say it, don't you? Don't no, you? Don't you? Don't. Just waiting. This has been um, a great... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this has been Says Who. Hey! You caught me off guard. <laughs> I wasn't ready for it. Yeah.